This episode of the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast is dedicated to our third high school graduate, our third daughter, Rachel Wiedrich. I've been avoiding putting together the intro and outro to this podcast episode because, well, it's sort of like a rite of passage. Me introducing and interviewing one of my kiddos, sharing my kiddos with you, which means that I am graduating yet another high school kiddo. A rite of passage that I think I want for my child. I do want it. Yay, Rachel. Congratulations, Rachel. And also, stop the bus. My third of fourth kids graduating high school. Ah, sigh. Turns out it's true. The days can be long, but the years most definitely feel short. This episode dedicated to my daughter, Rachel, is also for you, homeschool mama, because if you want to learn from a kiddo who was previously homeschooled about her homeschool experience and a homeschool kiddo that happened to also go to high school, public high school in grade 10, then this is an opportunity for you to learn from one homeschooled kiddo's life. Now, just like you know, I know that each of my four kids are very unique, and I know that your kids are very unique. Not one person on the earth is quite like another, and that is the case for my kids as well. Our 2023 high school graduate, Rachel, is unique in that she loves to try new things. She's all about novelty and fun. She continues to surprise me in the things that she says. She's clever, quick-witted. I think she's charming, and I get to introduce you to her today. Rachel shares about her experience of homestead life, about our travel adventures, about her experience of having a dad as a doctor, and what it was like as her homeschool experience versus her present high school, public high school experience. You might be surprised why she shares that she enjoys her public high school experience. I gotta tell you, I was, I was surprised listening to her share the reasons that she enjoys her homeschool. She even shares why she thinks it's valuable to have a schooled social experience. At the end of our interview, I ask her a question that everyone is asking her these days. What are you going to do for the rest of your life? And I ask it in jest, and I don't think I prefaced it in the conversation, but I want you to know that I'm very aware that as an 18-year-old, we get asked, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? That's a packed question, because I don't know about you, I'm almost 50, and though I have a much stronger sense of what I might be doing for the rest of my life, I also know that there is no way I'm going to know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And though I know that neither she nor I will know what we'll be doing for the rest of our life, I am most curious at her answer. In the end, I wish her, as Henry David Thoreau says, to go confidently in the direction of your dreams, live the life you've imagined. And I say that to all the 2023 high school graduates out there, and I say that to you, homeschool mama, because you can live your life on purpose today, too. So without further ado, I give you my third daughter, Rachel Wiedrich. Welcome to Studio C, which I know you were in maybe yesterday, my closet, yeah. but one of the very few guests that I have coming in and out of my closet. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for letting me join. I am delighted to chat with you and especially this time of our, or this time of your life, really big shift, really big change in your life. And I would like to hear all about it. And I know quite a bit about it, but I definitely want to remember it. I think this conversation will be really useful for other homeschool moms that are raising their kids and kind of wondering, how's it all going to turn out? Mm -hmm. So Rachel, welcome to the podcast. All right. Thanks for having me. So before we get started, um, for the listener, Rachel is our third daughter. She is moving into her next part of her life. She is going into fashion marketing in Montreal in August. Congratulations and so exciting. Thank you. Yeah, I am really excited. I think it's going to be a really good opportunity. Tell me what you're looking forward to. 
Um, I'm looking forward to a change. I think it would be really nice to just restart and have a have a fresh chapter, and I can really um, not change myself, but be whoever I want to display in a different um, um, way when I move over there. I can just kind of restart. And I'm, I'm excited to meet new people and try new things because living here is lovely, but I've gotten very used to everything here. There's not really a restaurant that I haven't been to or a hangout spot that I haven't seen or something of that sort. So trying out new things, and especially since Montreal is such a large city, um, I think it'll be really interesting to explore. I'm also yeah. just very specifically excited for morning walks at um, Mount Royal. Ooh, so exciting. Yeah, it's going to mm-hmm. be lovely. And I look forward to going with you to check out the place. Yeah. See what it's all like. Go shopping in a big shopping mall. They don't really have that many, but sure. <laughs> Compared to where we live, they sure do. Yeah. yeah. You're actually the kiddo that I can turn up the tunes the loudest in the car. We can just drive with the the music at the loudest and we can go to a shopping mall and you'll appreciate the shopping mall at Christmas with the lights, even if the shopping mall is no big deal, as is our local shopping mall. And we'll have a lot of fun in the Dollar Tree, finding the coolest things. Yeah, Dollar Tree, not Dollarama. Yeah. <laughs> and you're the kiddo that I exchange kitty vid- videos with. That yeah. I'll send you kitty videos because everybody else is like, ah, don't really care. Once in a monkey. That's what I was going to say is that you actually prefer monkey videos over kitty videos. Uh, baby monkeys. Yeah. Uh, what kind of monkey? Um, I actually don't know what. I think it's a spider monkey. His name's Winston. He's adorable. <laughs> I love that. So I'm going to be a grandma to, I'm going to be a grand monkey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that. Okay, so one day I'm going to have grand monkeys, not grand babies. Outside of your academic life, what are some of the things that you can be found doing? I don't do anything. Outside my academic life, okay, well, I'm doing school online. So then I also go to work. And then after doing that, then I usually just prep for the next day of school. Like, I don't really feel like I have, like, an ample amount of time to go and paint unless it's on the weekend or something of that sort. And weekends, if they're long weekends, typically have some form of holiday. So then I end up celebrating that holiday or putting time mentally into that. And if it's not a holiday, it's only a two-day weekend. So then I end up just hanging out for those two days. Okay. Yep. And tell me a little bit about Henri. my water bottle and I named him because I think it's funny and you're leaning against Henri right now I am yeah (laughs) the phone okay so tell me about Meredith and Neptune oh they're just my cats I don't know they've been consistent over a while they're not they don't feel like as a, a crazy special or unique thing anymore just because I've gotten very used to them living around here not as if that they're not special cats in the in the world of cats but They've just become consistent. They just seem like they're, this is their life. This is their home. So Zach was asking if you're going to be bringing them to Montreal. No, I'm not. I would have taken um, Mare or would have taken Rory, but um, I can't have any animals there because that's one of their strict rules is um, to not have any form of pets. Because if they they do um, upkeeping and housekeeping, they don't want to have, you know, animals destroying it. Just rather have responsibility put on people. So tomorrow's Meredith's birthday? Yeah, yeah, it is. Where'd she get her her name? I don't know, actually. I didn't name her. I think Hannah named her after Taylor Swift's cat. Yeah, very possible. I'm not not 100% 100 sure. So how are we celebrating her birthday tomorrow? Um, Not crazy anything special this year. We don't really do anything super special since they don't even have any knowledge or recollection that it is their birthday. Um, (laughs) It's... I usually end up getting them treats and there's this um, one cat chocolate bar sort of looking like thing. You can pick off little pieces and she's been loving it. So I'll give her most of that. So how do you feel about all the other animals on our homestead? Mm, Pretty neutral. I think it'd be interesting to have chickens sometime in the future, but that would be if I were to live on an actual farm and I don't think that's something that I would really consider, but the chickens are great. Their eggs are delicious, even though I'm not a big egg person. And um, if we get a baby goat, I want to name her. Okay. So what should we name our baby goat in June? Actually, around your birthday is when we're expecting her. Mm -hmm. No, I haven't thought of a 
really strong idea right now, but I feel like I can I can find something good. I need I need to decipher what um, or find out what her dad's name is because I don't know what her dad's name is. So probably a week after the baby Nubian goat is delivered, we're going to be off celebrating your birthday. Maybe San Francisco. I don't know if you know this. Dad was saying maybe San Francisco would be better than Seattle. But anyways, we're going to be going to somewhere to see Taylor Swift. I will just point out San Francisco would not work as much better because then I couldn't see Gracie Abrams play. Ah, yes. Okay, that's kind of important. I've never been to San Fran, so. You would like San Francisco. Gracie Abrams is one of your favorite musicians. Yeah, an artist, yeah. Um, that she's kind of 50% of the reason that I would go. No, hate to Taylor Swift, but but um but I've never seen her play and I've actually like I liked her music since she became like before she was even popular in any form. So she I think she'd be really interesting to to see. You know, Taylor Swift um doesn't receive your hate because she doesn't care if haters hate. And <laughs> she will just shake it off anyway. <laughs> <laughs> things that i've learned from tiktok what are some of the things you've learned from tiktok rachel okay just for for the listeners um oftentimes my husband rachel and i will will talk about the things that rachel's learned from tiktok and she's like a firm believer that you can learn many different things from tiktok so what have you learned from tiktok don't say that don't say that i don't think that you can learn everything from tiktok but there was a time and point where you and dad both had um, uh, said pretty strongly in your opinion, you can't learn anything from TikTok. So every time I find something new, that's a piece of information that will actually like benefit me in life or something that I was surprised by. Cause I had never heard. I like to bring it up and let you know that I did learn so that you can, um, under cha- change your point of view. Okay. Yep. Yep. I appreciate that. I don't think that I said that you can't learn anything from TikTok. Cause I actually think you can learn something from everywhere, probably being TikTok centric as a base knowledge tool would not be my preference no that's fair that's fair now you're graduating from a high school in the end of june and we got your grad dress you look absolutely mm-hmm. stunning like red Thanks. carpet academy awards stunning and and yeah it's going to be a gorgeous day gorgeous few days uh, so you're graduating from a public high school i want to hear more about that but for the people that are listening will you share a little bit about your memories of your homeschool life right up until the end of grade nine yeah um well i definitely did enjoy it i think it was it doesn't really feel like an experience to me it doesn't really feel like something different because it was just what i was born into and i was always assuming that was going to be the case yeah so when people ask me about it i I feel like I tend to have pretty sad answers because they're expecting me to treat it like it was a crazy experience traveling somewhere new or doing something crazy. But um, it was just what I assumed was my school was going to be like, but Mm -hmm. I I enjoy it. And now that I've had um, both experiences, although I can't say that I went to public school when I was little, and I know that that is a different situation than when you're in high school. um, I've enjoyed them both and I, I like them for their different reasons. Homeschooling was good when I was little because I feel like you could really um, grow up in a way and being able to be around siblings too. Is, it was in, like a, a nurturing um, situation or um, yeah, I can't, what's the word for situation? Scenario? Yeah, something of that sort. Some nurturing scenario. Um, and and yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. We got to travel and, and just experience different things. I, I would say that I think I got... No, I'm not going to say that. Um, well, I was going to say I feel like I didn't learn that much. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, okay. Bring it. You didn't learn that much. Why? Because my specific learning style works really well when I have a lot of deadlines and I have a lot of... Um, uh, I, I have stuff I have to get done by a certain point of time and there's a criteria to it. I tend to work really well in those kind of situations. And because that wasn't, um, the way that you were creating our learning, which is totally fair in itself, but it ended up not working for me as well as I wished it did. Although I did get to learn certain things that I was actually interested in. So I think that there's the pros and the cons and it works for everybody in a certain different way, but I really do. I, w- I would recommend, um, trying homeschooling, um, from the startup. And if your kid really doesn't like it by the time they're eight or seven, um, why not try public school for a year? 
So what I noticed with you versus your older two sisters is that you liked learning with other people. So when Madeline asked me to bring in a spelling program, like she specifically asked me, can you create a, or have um, in, include a spelling program in our homeschool? I went, really? Okay, sure. And then I found the spelling you see, which is kind of a kinesthetic kind of program. And I included you in it just so that we could do something together. And also whenever there was science experiments or really just any activities, you preferred doing things together. Do you remember that? No, I, I'll be frank. I don't, I don't actually. No. So how would you say you learn? I think that I learn um, with more of a, like a deadline kind of criteria sort of um, way. I don't really know how to properly explain it, but having, um, yeah, having deadlines and having to get like an essay finished or a project finished before a certain point or having a criteria where you know what you have to stick to rather than a more um, laid back and just pick up the knowledge because it's knowledge that you are interested in. I rather, um, you know, like study for tests and practice that kind of way. And I feel like I'm learning more throughout through that through that kind of concept of it. Um Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Because when I um, asked Madeline a similar question, she remembers back in the day when I was very traditional, very private school at home with both Hannah and Madeline. And she said it was way too much that I was force feeding, essentially doing too much. And she's naturally, you know, very academic. She sets her own deadlines, goes to it, gets some very traditional kind of learning. And she did it um, very self-directed without someone else telling her how to do it. And yet she was actually saying it was way too much. And then when I stopped, when I did a full stop radical unschooling thing for six months, then I did that because it was definitely not working for Hannah and I didn't enjoy it. And then we full stopped and then we shifted back into a little bit more formal routine after those six months because it seemed like everybody was kind of bored. So that's interesting to hear. I'm I'm not sure I really got a full experience of the way that you had it beforehand with Hannah and Madeline because I was a younger age. So I was either not acknowledging the fact that that's the way that I had it or um, not really um, being um, accustomed to it or not really being able to like try in the whole private school sort of way but um yeah I like it it's easier for me to understand things I think in um more of a like a real life sort of learning um little like hacks or little um things that can help you in just your everyday rather than like um, math and English um concepts I I tend to learn just by teaching myself and and picking up information however I want to rather than like learning for like practicing for a test to learn everyday things but um if I'm learning like actual like subjects and like bio or math or something like that I tend to want to test for it when we as homeschool moms think this is what we're doing we're creating um you know like an unschooled lifestyle one where you can be more self-directed one where you can focus more on your your rabbit trails of interest well your kiddo might grow up and say I didn't learn anything (laughs) when it's possible okay so having said that uh you said that you both really enjoy the construct when you're, um, you know, learning something or moving towards something in a course and you want some testing or something related to math or bio, but you also said you really like learning on your own, learning independently. Oh, well, I I mean, I like to learn on my own when I'm learning um, just everyday sort of things. I don't really know how to explain that, but like, like little things that I can bring into my day on how I, you know, do a morning routine or how I, um, I don't know, cook a breakfast or something like that. I like to be able to learn those little aspects just in my own time and, and get to those. Um, however, they come up in my life. But learning like basic school system ideas, I'd rather learn test wise. You'd rather be tested in them. Very interesting. Or or with a criteria or something about that did that always, That was that always your experience right from the beginning or did it happen at a certain age where you were more aware that that's what you wanted? No, you know what? I don't think I was really aware of that until recently just because I didn't put any thought to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have noticed that the learning that I was um, put through when I was much younger, I feel like I, I didn't pick up on as much of the information as I could have if I was tested and if I was... Um, 
given kind of that kind of idea of concept of criteria sort of. Very interesting. Would it have worked between you and me as your mom for me to say, okay, today is test day? I don't know. We never tried it. I did actually indirectly try it. You just didn't know I was doing it with Jeopardy on Fridays when we were having fun Fridays. That that is not what I mean, Mm -hmm. honestly, concept wise, because those we were just repeating the same questions and we, we did understand a certain piece of information, but we were really repeating it to try to get the candy rather than actually testing and then finding out the grade from that test. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. There's something in the work and then testing for the work and then getting a grade out of it that I appreciate uh-huh. specifically. So you the- and, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Right. Um, the fun aspect of it is still a, a great way to do it too. So yeah. Je- and for the listener, what I did on Fridays, we'd have like a fun Friday morning. And so during uh, one part of it, we would create or we would put knowledge bits or things that we would learn about different topics, like, I don't know, archaeology or, you know, ancient civilization or what? Do you remember any other topics? (laughs) Only like dozens of them. Canadian geography or, you know, there was all sorts of different things. And we would put them on a recipe card and I would put it into five questions, one, two, three, four, five, 100, 200, 300, 400, 500. And then, you know, each person would go around the table and would say, I'd take um, Canadian geography for 100, please. Mm. And then uh, I would turn on the Jeopardy music on Spotify and we would, when the music was up, then you'd have to answer the question. And it was a way to like refresh, um, review some of the things that we were learning. It was also fun. And it also reflects our family culture that we really like knowing little knowledge bits and uh, having discussions around that probably more, to, you know, a culture more around um, dad's interest, because I certainly didn't start with those interests when we first met. Um, but having said that, you were talking more about official testing. And I do remember you and Madeline asking me for Latin tests. You actually wanted us to test on Latin and spelling. Do you remember that? No, I don't. Oh, okay, interesting. I wonder if it wouldn't have worked or served the relationship in the way that I was constructing um, and home education. But that, that really gives me food for thought. Interesting how you receive it in a certain way. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything else you want to share about that? Not specifically. I always saw that the way you wrote every time you wrote something, whether it was like a short story or, you know, three point essay or literally anything, you would always write as though you were trying to sell me something. And so now you're going into fashion marketing and I'm like, yes, this totally fits with you. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun um, experience. I'm hoping that it really does fit and it's something I can stick with. So what got you into it in the first place? Nothing specifically. I just liked the idea of it. So it was just the, the program I wanted to take. Do you know, one of the ladies that was interviewing us in the last few weeks um, for something related to your college had said that she was, she thought it was pretty cool that we just encouraged you guys to follow your interests because you're all unique. And, um, and she's not a mom herself, but I just, I thought it was interesting the way she phrased it, because I see you all as very unique. And though I didn't get that when I was a first first apparent, I didn't understand how different you were, or that you were definitely not a chip off the old block. You were not just a reflection of dad and I put together. Um, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize how unique you were. And now I see, well, how can you not honor the child in front of you? Because they really are very different. Yeah, definitely. So what would you say you've learned about yourself over the years? Because I see certain strengths that you have you've always been emotionally aware. You could always put it into words and you were always very expressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that maybe over time I've, I've learned how to treat um, situations better with like arguments or such. Like even my friends are texting me right now. Cause I know that they have an issue. Um, and so I'm thinking of the way that I'll treat that after the interview, actually. 
Um, but but you actually said in an interview last week, someone asked you, how would I think your mom describe you? And you said vivacious. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It was just a word that I've heard you use before. So I thought that that was going to be a good one to um, go with and stick with. <laughs> well, I would have. OK, I actually chose the word charming because I think of you as also charming and not in an inauthentic way, but like in a warm, warm, genuinely aware of other people and caring about other people kind of way. And um, that I see very much reflected in how you show up in the general world. Like uh, this season is dedicated to homeschool moms to be more confident, authentic, and purposeful. And the uh, really interesting conclusion to the season is that I'm sharing with the world, my kiddo, and you're sharing with the world, you, and you are authentic and confident and very warm, very charming. Thank you. I mean, I guess I don't really see myself that way because I guess it would be kind of weird if I saw myself that way in a certain, like, I'm so charming and vivacious and everyone just loves me so much kind of um, perspective, but I don't know. I appreciate it. I think that it's similar it's similar to the way that I, I, that the um, co-workers that I have at work are like too. And we've kind of created a, fo- a form of like a, I don't know, a community with like that kind of concept and that kind of like um, emotions. I don't know how to explain that properly, but like we're all kind of communal and charming, I guess. Yeah, it is a really lovely vibe and also authentic all at the same time. And I definitely want to ask you more about the work that you do. Um, but I don't want to go away from this uh, discussion about what you've learned about yourself, your strengths. Uh, one thing that I've seen is uh, we, it took us a while to figure out what your Enneagram type was. I think we thought you were a four because you are very unique. And also now we, or more importantly, you, define yourself as an Enneagram seven. Can you tell me a little bit why? Um, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not a hundred percent sure what I am and I, I don't really want to um stick with one number so strongly because I don't know fully. And I think it would take me quite a few more years to really understand as well as I think that actually um Enneagrams aren't well created. I feel like you actually need to, have more numbers and and or have different um, ways to like adapt the each person so more I don't know how to explain that like more yeah more numbers or like more um, um, like wings so that I can be like very specifically me um, but I think that for a seven yeah I don't know it just it's always kind of fit I noticed myself going out of my way to take certain shifts like yesterday I took the morning shift because I knew it was going to be um, a, a more fun shift I could hang out with the people more and get to be able to talk to them because it's going to be like there's gonna be less customers so we can really um chat and be more communal so I do tend to notice myself going out of my way to try to find moments that I know that are going to be fun and something that I want to do so I think that's why I feel like I stick with a seven pretty well but I'm not a hundred percent sure what I'm at because um a four seems pretty me too so I find it rather intriguing that Cookie Monster says, today I will be in the moment, unless it's unpleasant, in which case, me will eat a cookie. And you <sighs> love Cookie Monster. <laughs> I do. Like a I'm a little bit more of an Al- I'm a little bit more of an Almo fan, I will say. Um, no hate to Cookie Monster. Just, you know, Almo's world is just such a good segment. So I feel like he has to get a little bit more praise. Um, yet that Tell is me such why. A good why model. do you like Elmo more? I don't know. I, I genuinely couldn't tell you. There's just something about him and Elmo's world is great and his fish is gorge. So, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure her name is Dorothy. Could I be wrong? Am I, is it Dorothy? I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so not coincidentally, I also got a quote from Elmo and I think Elmo okay, also reflects uh, even how I've described you. It, this is Elmo quoting himself because Elmo speaks in first person or whatever. Yes. Um, he says, Elmo thinks it's important to be kind because if you're kind to somebody, then they'll be kind to somebody. And it goes on and on. Can't you just hear Elmo? Oh, that's a cute quote. Actually, I'm not sure I completely agree with that because I don't think that's 100% how it will always work. But I, it's, it's definitely still a cute quote. I would also yeah. go by that one. Although I feel like Cookie Monsters is a little bit, um, it's more fun. Yeah. What's your favorite cookie? cookie? What's my favorite kind of cookie? 
Mm, that's a good question. I feel like a good chocolate chip oatmeal always goes really well. Um, but it can't be a just oatmeal cookie because oatmeal co- just oatmeal cookies are kind of lame. Also, I also don't think I'm a, a crazy cookie person. I'm more of a cake or a brownie person. But definitely brownies, yep. Yeah. Okay. But definitely just a solid chocolate chip. Yeah, I'm with you. Definitely. You should go make some. But since yeah. it's the day after Easter, maybe this is the wrong day. We'll just eat pie. We'll eat pie. <laughs> so tell me, you speak about learning from TikTok. And I speak about the benefits of learning unconventionally. That you can learn outside the box. And I do believe you can learn from TikTok. Tell me some things that you've learned from TikTok. Oh, I don't even know. I don't even have them set up. Just little hacks here and there. Um, oh, one specific thing that I learned just recently, and this is just so common knowledge. It's something that you would assume you would have known when you're, you're cleaning like a countertop and you put like a bunch of a spray down, you should actually let it sit for a minute or two so that it, the spray can actually like activate and clean the bacteria off of it, um, rather than just wiping it off right away. So that's something that I started to, um, to start using now, I'm, now when I'm cleaning the counters, that's what I've done, but, um, little things like that. You know what we should do before you leave home is actually get those swabs and get some of those. Oh, um, absolutely not. No. Do you remember that? We did that a couple times. We did it in this house too, where we would swab like the bathroom sink and the bathroom toilet and the kitchen sink and the mudroom floor and see where the bacteria was growing the most. But that just gets you all scared. Not even like <laughs> because it's, it's just because it's, it's just disgusting and you don't even want to see it. Like I feel like there's something about it not knowing how much bacteria there is and I mean I know you know like technically that there is a lot but if you just don't constantly acknowledge it then you feel like your house is clean so we can just go that way yeah so do you remember what the grossest part of the house was yeah it was the kitchen sink which isn't actually much of a surprise to me to be honest no why no I don't know I just feel like that's where everyone's dishes go and you cook everything and once you're cooking like meats and stuff like that too like a knife that you use to cut the raw meat or whatever like I feel like the bacteria can actually really add up that way especially because when you're eating like you bring the fork to your mouth then bring it down to your plate you're you're in a sense and indirectly licking your plate when you do it that way so it's it actually cleaned every day like for sure the sink is cleaned every day and the toilet is cleaned once a week I know, but there's just something about it that I'm like, I don't know, it just kind of makes sense to me that way. Does that make Yeah. Because mm-hmm. also with everything that you're touching, you're touching your plate and your fork too. And then those are going into the sink. You know, when we were getting different things for our science studies, like one of those things was blood typing. That was so cool. Being able to blood type everybody at home. You can't do that at school. That was really cool. I really enjoyed that actually. Yeah. And we didn't know what your blood type was because we had to do it a second time, a second iteration in our science class years later. Um, the first time it came back one test or one one type and then later it came back dad's type. <laughs> yeah, well, the first one I came back as B, A and O. So, um, so we really don't everything. know, actually. <laughs> uh, no, I'm yeah. The okay, first time so, Madeline did it with me and we were so scared, but we we're like, no, we're just going to do it. So then I just like lay my hand out and she pokes me like six times, but we went with it anyways. And um, it was messed. <laughs> I love that. Um, what was one of your favorite read alouds? That is one of my favorite memories of homeschooling is the books that we read. We'd read different books every place that we travel to. And I actually connect different books with different places um, or different books with different seasons of our homeschooling, you would not remember them all because you're the third out of four. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure this was a read aloud, but I really liked our classical music book where you would play the classical music and then you would read um, about one era or one um, yeah. artist in the Story classical music. The orchestra? Yeah, I really liked that book. It kind of... I. I'm not a huge music person, although I wish I was. And that was something that was really big to me was like um, getting to know a bunch of different artists and really um, just taking a lot of joy in finding new artists and liking new music. Um, Although I'm not not like I am a little bit, but not as heavy as I know some other people are. But um, listening to classical music so much when I was little did let me understand that there's beauty in very simple music, too. And Mm -hmm. I like that. So that was that was definitely interesting one. I always enjoyed that. 
Mm, that's really interesting. I wouldn't have guessed that you would go in that direction. I'd guess all sorts of other directions, but not that one. The only one I can remember. <laughs> right. Cause you didn't learn anything. <laughs> no, cause I can't remember any of the other books. Which okay. I like, I know we read about a bunch, but I don't remember their names. Okay. Actually. Okay. So can we say this publicly that? No. You- what you don't even know what I'm saying? Not what I just said. No, no, not that. <laughs> that the most, um, you know, every single kiddo in okay person in our homeschool had such diverse reading interests. Like I can remember when Hannah brought home Mein Kampf, Hitler's book, and I was like, "Whoa, what the heck what is going on? Why are you reading about the history of Hitler?" And but anyway. Uh, and just she read very diverse stuff. She's still reading the same stuff like ancient history. And uh, but then Madeline um, read everything that I told her, maybe you should read this. And she was very, you know, scheduled in the way that she did things very organized and would always do what other people said. And then you were my earliest reader. You were three years old when you started reading. I was like, Nope, you can't whole word read. This is not working for my concept of how to teach. So then I tried to sit you down with phonics and then you started just sounding out the word. And I was like, okay, apparently we're not doing phonics today. Um, <laughs> um, I'm not as big of as a reader now. Now I kind of read more like informational books. Um, so there's this one book that I had, um, which I, I read through. It was small, but it was just like um, what you need to know if you move to Paris. So it was like not really like a, a book with like a it's very um, nonfiction. Everyone comes into the world differently. Personalities just we're all just born into the world differently. And so you're my third kiddo. I've already introduced um violin lessons and the symphony orchestra where we were living had a violin teacher or yes he was and I can't remember the name but he was the one that would always organize the violin section and then sometimes would take over from the conductor at times that the conductor wasn't there and so he was teaching Hannah and Madeline how to play violin which is a great effort on the part of both the child to learn as a first instrument and definitely requires a lot of fortitude from a parent to be listening to a child learning to play violin. And then by the time you came around, I was like, this is not worth forcing music lessons. And so I wasn't eager to force something at that time. I thought it was the right thing to do when I was doing it with uh, Hannah and Madeline. And then I realized, no, that's not working. When Hannah asked, can I please stop playing violin? I said, are you sure? And then I asked her violin teacher and he had a couple kids and he said, yeah, I would let her stop. And within six months, she asked, can I play, learn to play the guitar? And mm-hmm. Surprised by that. So then I learned very quickly that you don't have to force things. Things will just happen as they will. So you were taking piano lessons though when you were really young. I took violin too. You took violin too. Yes, I remember that. Hadn't quite phased that one out yet. But I remember you having your very first piano recital. Yes. And I was standing with you and the piano teacher by the piano the week before, days before you're going to do your very first recital, you're three or four or something. And, (laughs) and I said to the teacher, would you give us some tips, what we can do to help prepare when we are nervous to go in front of a crowd or in front of an audience, which was about not more than a hundred people. And she said, I don't remember what she said. Do you actually remember what she said? Uh Uh-uh. I only remember this from being told the story so many times. Yeah, because she had, she'd given me a few ideas. And I can remember being six years of age and having to show up on a Sunday school platform and just hold the big poster M in the word Christmas and thinking there ain't no way I'm going on stage. (laughs) And so you're like three or four. And I asked this piano teacher, what can we do to help, you know, essentially help you not be afraid? And then we left the building we go out to the car, we're going home. And you say to me, mom, are you scared about me going on stage and playing piano? Because I'm not. (laughs) And I was like, what? You're like three or four. How can you not be afraid of playing in front of an audience like that? Yeah, I don't know. I've never actually thought of that as a scary thing. I've always just thought of that as like, what, what does it matter? It's just people. It's nothing special. You're just playing piano, you know? 
I really love public speaking and public performing, actually. I really enjoy it. Okay, tell me what you least love about homeschool life. Uh, for me, as a really extroverted person, I, I, I didn't like to not be around people constantly. And I know that just because you're homeschooled doesn't mean you can't be socialized. But for me, I think that there's, there's something very special and very different about being socialized in a school setting rather than going out of your way to, to hang out with people and be socialized that way. Because it, it's just different. You can tell that there's sort of an aspect of people not wanting to show up to school. And so the, um, the, the feeling in the air, I guess I'd say, I can't think of the word, is very um, negative and it's not like a positive moment. So when we would go to youth group, it was just a, it's just different. And so I think that having a bit of every sort of concept, being able to be around a lot of people in a school setting is, is beneficial. So I think I wish I could have had that from a younger age, but I'm also not complaining about it too much. I'm fine with the way that it is now. Yeah, I get that. Especially, and this is what I noticed, is when you all were moving into the junior high, high school years, that's when it started really mattering, is when people are like, okay, I want to spend more time with more kids, just to have an experience outside of these four walls. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I think that's kind of Zachary needed too. Yeah, that Zachary wants too. Yeah. So the interesting thing um unique to our scenario which I know you don't you were speaking early on that your experience of homeschool it just was always what your experience was and in many parts of Canada and the U.S. there's huge swaths especially in the U.S. there's huge um co-ops or there's huge groups of teenagers going through the homeschool experience and that is not our experience here in um, our tiny town and uh, it's actually very few I'd say very very few numbers of people that I know that are homeschooling into the high school realm but so tell me what was your reason that you wanted to move into high school I think it's the same reason that I'm moving to Montreal which could just be very like baseline and it's kind of the reason that anybody would be moving away but I just wanted to try something new say what it's like I my oldest sister had went um for a few years as well and she seemed to enjoy it so I wanted to try it out and see what it was like and just get to know that school like the way that she got to know it so it it wasn't any crazy deep reason just everyone talks about it and everyone does that why not why can't I let me try it I love it because then I have a place to go visit but People, somebody asked me recently about how you're doing with um, launching another kiddo into the world. And um, for everybody listening, it's like rebirthing. It feels like, yeah, (laughs) you're like, what are you talking about? Okay, but it, it is, it feels like that. Because when you go into motherhood, you just assume that this journey is going to continue on forever. And it does. I'm not, I'm not saying you're not a mother anymore, but you don't have the same role in somebody's life. And it gradually shifts so that they become more independent, more independent. And then they are creating their own families or they're creating, creating their own life. And it is unexpected. It isn't the way that I envisioned being a mom is that it would somehow shift into these big transitions, but it is exactly as it is supposed to be. And um, somebody also asked me recently, why are your kids so independent? And I think I got to be honest and just say, I think the reason why is not because they were necessarily hardwired that way. It's because we also were very independent in the way that we engage things. Because even though I'd say one of the four of you just always had this independent heart, every single one of you engages independently. That's what I see. You're very, you know, we, we listen to what you actually are thinking. And uh, that doesn't mean that I always agree with it. It doesn't mean I always understand it uh, or that I always want it. But we definitely really listen to what you're thinking. Y'all, I mean, maybe we can keep Zach on this part of the country. We'll see. <laughs> you know, I've always had a feeling he's going to go somewhere like to Kelowna, like to UBC. Well, let's hope so, because that would be the side of the country. That would be great. Yeah. One of the things that we did before it got a term was we traveled a lot. We Nowadays, they call it world schooling. And for seven years, we spent a lot of time traveling. And whether that was somewhere exotic 
um, into, well, exotic for us anyway, but somewhere like rural Africa, we did that a couple of times, or we went up to the Arctic, or we did some really uh, places that I would definitely move to, like Italy, um, or um, like literally all over Canada, US. Do you remember one of the places that we traveled to or a memory or two from our travel time? Yeah, no, I definitely have a lot of memories about the whole um, concept, or not concept. I definitely have a lot of memories about um, where we had traveled. I have, I had a few memories um, of Africa. We we made some friends there the second time that we went, me and my older sister, Madeline, we became really good friends with these two other girls that were there too. So we came really close over that month, I think. Um, and so I really enjoyed hanging out with them. And I, I really wonder how they're doing, actually. Um, so we, we hung out with them for a little while. And then when we were in Kenya, we went for a hike. And all we had were lollipops and water. And it was, like, literally a four-hour hike. Um, <laughs> that. And we were little, too. So it's not like we were, like, like okay to just kind of go with it. Like, I remember Zach was, like, five. Maybe, maybe four or five. Three. Three. Great. <laughs> um, I had a lot of memories about going to Europe, too. I really appreciate that. There was one time that I'm maybe still a little bit salty about, but that's okay. Okay, speak. <laughs> um, <laughs> time to do it publicly. <laughs> we were allowed to get one toy each uh, when we were about to go on trains um, towards Italy, I believe. I'm not sure where we were coming from, or but we were all able to get one toy. And so then I ended up getting this wolf, um, like stuffy. I was obsessed with it. I loved it. I knew that in myself, like I knew I was going to be bored on the train. And so I had to really create myself an emotional connection to him because if not, I was going to be so bored and have nothing to do. So I just like basically forced a connection with this, um, wolf. And then I think a few days later, we were going to go on a gondola trip. And because I was like so close to him now, I wanted to bring him everywhere that I went. So I asked my dad if I could on the gondola. And he said, no, don't worry about it. You're going to lose it. Just leave it at home and then it will be good. So I'm pretty sure I had a hissy fit about that. And I really wanted to bring him. But I ended up just being okay with it. And then you brought him. And I didn't know that you brought him because when I came home, I was like, where is he? And you lost him. (laughs) I lost him. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so if anybody sees a wolf stuffy on a Venetian canal, please contact Rachel at... A decade? Yeah, and it's also a decade ago. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that one. But yeah, anyways, contact me. It doesn't make a difference that I bought you um, endless numbers of cookies and Elmo's? Yes, but that wolf, that wolf was something different. It meant a lot. Okay, we're looking for a wolf stuffy. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> I really appreciated being able to go to Europe. Um, we went to Amsterdam a few times, although I've been told we only went twice, but it felt like we went a lot more than that because both times that we went, we went to the same hotel. So it kind of felt like um, deja vu. And then we got to go to Italy and um, um, around France a little bit. I think maybe we only stopped in Paris, but... Um, those are places that, like, the year prior to us going, I got um, Monte Carlo, the movie. And mm-hmm. I really, I love mm-hmm. that movie. It's still my favorite. Mm-hmm. And so being able to um, go to the places that I just recently saw in that movie were, like, really cool. Because I didn't think that there were ever places I was going to go. Because I'm, I'm, I'm quite little and I'm just watching this movie, um, not really thinking of it as a reality. And then it got to be just, just a year later, which is really cool. Yeah, that really is cool. We had so many amazing memories with you. I mean, I can remember surprising you um, with a Selena Gomez concert. We had to be in Las Vegas. We did tons of um, conferences for dad's work. And so one of the places we went to as a family, highly not recommended, is going to Las Vegas. And we watched a Selena Gomez concert, which was so much fun. And then I remember having a birthday party for you when you were seven in Paris. We just just got to Paris the night before and you turned seven in Paris. And we also took a 13th birthday trip, a weekend trip, just you and me to Vancouver. Yeah. I, yeah, I really enjoy those. They're like, they're, they're special. I think that Selena Gomez trip was a really big deal to me because I was completely convinced 
Um, it was it was not something that we were gonna do, and it was just something that when we were watching the billboards, whenever we would drive or take the bus, it was just something that was really cool and kind of like a dream of mine. And then the moment that I was under the impression we were just gonna go for dinner, we got to go to our concert, which is really cool. And then this summer, we're gonna celebrate your 18th birthday, your high school graduation, heading to Taylor Swift with Gracie Abrams, or should I say, Gracie Abrams with your <laughs> <laughs> no, mind, one of the other ones. <laughs> you've been working at a restaurant since how old were you and what are some things that you've learned about being a customer or customer service as a hostess in a restaurant yeah no I started working there when I was 16 uh, I'll be coming up on two years soon actually um I've really enjoyed it there I've yeah I really love it there it's a great place to work and the people that I work with I really enjoy too I've created good connections with them um I've learned, um, I mean, I've, I've learned like the basic parts of my job on how to, um, you know, get food and put the orders in and stuff like that. But I think that generally I've just kind of learned, um, or created my own opinions on like tipping and created my opinions on, um, how to treat people in customer service. Cause they, um, the majority of the time really aren't treated properly and get a lot of sass and negative comments for, for things like how the food was created, even though it's not up to our control, it's the chef's control. Um, and there's just, yeah. So I just think that generally I've, from being able to be in both perspectives, I've understood that um, just going with a lot of extra kindness is always a safe bet. You really can't go wrong by just being extra, extraly sweet. And the first person to teach you was Elmo. Yeah. Yeah. Be kind. Yes. Uh, and when anything goes wrong, just eat a cookie. <laughs> yes, exactly. If anything goes wrong, eat a cookie. Something we don't speak to a lot is that every homeschool kid is defined by the culture of their homeschool family. Now, I don't mean they're actually defined by it, but they grow up in a certain context or atmosphere. They learn about certain things. One of the things that you guys learned a lot about was everything related to a doctor family's life. What was it like growing up in the home of a physician i mean um reiterating the fact that it's just something that i've lived with it wasn't something unique to me because it was just the way that my life was set out compared to how somebody else was was so it really didn't feel like something that i had to really take into account as special and or unique because i mean everybody's parent is something else and you could ask the same question as well but um it's definitely interesting uh we always have a lot of advil in the house always have a lot of time <laughs> When you were homeschooled, he would bring home like epidural kits or he would bring yeah. home, you know, suture kits or various things like that and explain things. Or we talk about obstetrical complications around the dinner table. <laughs> you guys went into, uh, you did rounds with dad. You got to go into the OR when we were in rural Kenya. I, I don't know. It's just like, it's just the way that I grew up. I mean, I've always, there has been a few times where my birthday kind of got ruined because um, you guys um, had to stop at the side of the road to help somebody because mm -hmm. of a car crash. So I remember that a few times and it's just something that I kind of got used to. I didn't really feel like it was something crazy unique because um, you were also a nurse. Um, but I mean, because of that, my dad's also grown into the opinion that he wants to have a, like a, uh, a kit with him so he when he's able to stop on the side of the road to help somebody out who may have been in a crash or some form of that then he can use that kit and his knowledge to try to like save them before the ambulance comes or help them at all so it's just something that I've kind of gotten used to and understand I was able to or help him organize that cause organizing is kind of a strength of mine so I know where everything is in that kit and let me know if you need any um items or something I can find them for you but, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah yeah intubation kit <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's a small one. I know what that is. Um, Suture kit. You know, all the things. All the things. But it was just something that I kind of got used to. I just feel like it's not as unique as maybe somebody else's. Somebody else might have their dad work at a carpenter company or have their own, you know, stationery store or something of that sort, um, which I, my friends do actually have those situations. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just... It's just the way that I, I tend to grow up. I think that it created a different concept because I, I knew different kids because of that. And so I was we were close with a few girls because their dad also um, did the same thing. And it's also um, 
was a little bit different for a while when he was the chief of staff because there was like an office that we were able to go to and we can hang out with him when we were in town and um, didn't have anywhere else to go. So that was um, lovely while it lasted. And now I know the other girls who have that as their case as well. You were the very first person that dad said, I'm going to run as an independent member of parliament in the next federal election, which I thought was pretty cool because you were the most I wouldn't say most interested in politics with dad. That's not necessarily true. Everybody has engaged with him. But you you were, I just think of this moment when you were really little and you'd be sitting on dad's lap, like you couldn't even have been a year old. You would sit on dad's lap contentedly for hours while he's checking. I don't even know what it is. Random stuff on the internet about something related to an election. Do you remember the election? Uh, No. The story. So obviously you're not going to remember the detail being, you know, nine months old, I don't remember what election it was, but, um, <laughs> you've heard this story a few times. As far as I was aware, it was the Canadian election, but I could be wrong. Maybe it was American. Um, it was a big one that was coming up though. And he was really, um, interested in it. So I guess he woke up early and took the baby and went to go learn. So you showed him how to uh, upload videos to TikTok and to figure out how to actually be in front of a camera and he's very comfortable with public speaking, but he's not, you know, he wasn't familiar with it online, just as I wasn't, most definitely was not comfortable on YouTube. I was extremely awkward in the early years. And I remember you even saying to me when we were doing videos, you were showing me how to do it, that, um, you know, that is not you, mom. You need to just like, relax. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But I think that maybe we all kind of gotten to the place where we got semi used to the camera or just more comfortable in front of it yeah a lot more I'm I'm way more comfortable in front of the camera yeah I can hardly actually believe to this day that I'm still doing things that are public because I had a persona in my mind of who I was at six years of age and it was definitely not somebody that would be in front of anything publicly so you're almost 18 about to graduate high school go off to the other side of the country I'll bet there's a few people that are asking you this question. Rachel, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? Oh, I'm not sure. There's a lot left to live. So I think that I'll just take it as it comes. But I mean, initially, I'm going to go into this fashion marketing program in Montreal, and I'm going to test it out and see if I like it. And if it's not something that seems to stick, then maybe I'll switch my program or the major that I'll take, um, because there's a lot in the um, fashion and arts um, degrees that I could take in the school that I'm going to go to. So um, maybe I'll switch that up. But lifelong, I don't know. I think that someday when I'm much older, I'll I'll find myself living in Paris or something of that sort. Woohoo! I will visit. Great. Sounds good. I mean, my flat will be small, but (laughs) okay, fine. I'll visit, but I'll rent my own apartment. Great. Sounds good. I want to dedicate this poem to you, which I know you've heard me say before, but this one, especially for you by Dr. Seuss. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. You're on your own and you know what you know, and you are the girl who'll decide where to go. You'll look up and down streets, look them over with care about some. You will say, I don't choose to go there with your head full of brains and your shoes full of feet. You're too smart to go down any not so good street. And you may not find any you'll want to go down. In that case, of course, you'll head straight out of town. It's opener there in the wide open air. Out there, things can happen and frequently do to people as brainy and footsy as you. (laughs) Things start to happen. Don't worry. Don't stew. Just go right along. You'll start happening too. You'll get mixed up, of course, as you already know. You'll get mixed up with many strange birds as you go. So be sure when you step, step with care and great tact, and remember that life's a great balancing act. Just never forget to be dexterous and deft, and never mix up your right foot with your left. And will you succeed? Yes, you will indeed. 98 and three quarter percent guaranteed. Kid, you'll move mountains. So be your name Buxbaum or Bixby or Bay or Mordecai, Ali, Van Allen, O'Shea. You're off to great places. Today is your day. Your mountain is waiting. So, Rachel, get on your way. Oh, you're done. 
That's very cute. That's very sweet. Love Dr. Seuss. What a poet. He's a poet and he know it. Uh I thought it was super fitting that I would have a conversation with you today because you are genuine, very authentic, very confident. And whatever life holds for you, as Henry David Thoreau shares, I want for you to go confidently in the direction of your dreams and live the life you've imagined. So thank you, Rachel, for being here today. Thanks for inviting me. I really enjoyed it, actually. It was was a lot of fun. And I raise my glass to all the 2023 high school graduates, to the homeschool mamas that are launching those graduates into their next phase of life. As Henry David Thoreau says, go confidently in the direction of your dreams, live the life you've imagined, both homeschool mom and homeschool graduate. Until next week, I hope you and your homeschooled kids can turn all your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. You got this, girlfriend.